going to look at the Holy Spirit again. And we want to look at which comes first. And I want to just walk you through some theology words. Um, justification means to declare one righteous who by faith has accepted the sacrificial work of Christ. Secondly, as, and this is a process that we go through. First of all, God has to justify us. And then the second one we look at is sanctification. The work of the Holy Spirit to make believers more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask a question. A lot of people say sanctification, another thing is set apart. How many of you have a pair of tennis shoes that you just go out in? That you, don't, you don't wear them out nowhere, you just wear them out. You don't, you will never, I mean when I say you won't wear them to go run a track meet. You won't, run a, you won't wear them to play basketball. They are like your special shoes to go out in. Anyone like that? You have special clothes that are set apart that you will not wear to youth group. You wear any youth group, right? You just you wear your like coat, suit, youth group, and all, right? Your three-piece tux, right? All right, no, no. But we have things that are set apart, and that's what sanctification is. We are set apart to do the work of God. We are set apart to become more like Him. That's what sanctification is. The third thing is this: what we all have is sin. And you know, sin can be anything that breaks the law of God. You know, when we don't conform to the things of God, we conform to the, earth, the world. We do the things that the world wants. And all of us have sinned. None of us in this room can say, I haven't sinned. None of us. I've sinned. Probably sinned today. I don't... Probably have. But I, I, I can't think of one right now. But we sin on a daily basis. None of us are set apart from sin. And the last word is, and it's not the last word, that was the last word, sin. That was my fault. But sin. And the reason we need to recognize what sin is, because sin is what separates us from God completely. And tonight we want to look at what is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do in us? And the first thing is, God's Holy Spirit makes you into a new product. And we know this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, how many of you know who Henry Ford is? Anyone know who Henry Ford is? The man who made the Ford, right? Let me read you a story about his, the first ever assembly line. All right? Manufacturing process in order to mass produce the Model T Ford automobile. The assembly line process totally revolutionized the manufacturing industry. The tools and workers would be set up in order and assigned to a specific job. As the material was passed from one station to the next, it began to take form, yet it was still incomplete. At the end of the line, the material would form a product, in this case, the Model T Ford. You could get it in any color, as long as it was black. That's the only color you could get back in 1900. Everyone had a black car, all right? You know, you could get any color, but it had to be black, all right? <laughs> Today, the assembly line has become much more advanced than uh, Henry Ford could ever imagine. Using computerized robot and arms and lifts and everything else. Yet the process is still the same. The material is passed down the line in order. And at the end, you have a product. You see, it's just like us in a Christian life. We need to recognize that we don't all of a sudden just jump in to the Christian life and have everything together. In fact, we never have it all together. And that's what sanctification is. The sanctification is a process of us getting more like Christ. To be set apart, to be different. And that's why it says that we must recognize as a new, as a Christian, that we are a new 
creation. What's a new creation? What's a new creature? Something like new creature. What is that? It's new. Duh. It's different. The old has passed. You know, we don't, we don't, I don't think no one at Henry Ford Company would want to go back to how they used to do things. You know, to have to lift all those things. They didn't have machines then, so they had to lift all of that and do all that. Now they got robots and machines to do all the work. But they still need man to be there. And that's how we are. Unfortunately, many people think coming to God is like an assembly line. They must move in different stages in order to perfect themselves. Once they have perf- a perfect part, then maybe God will accept them. But the good news is this, that it doesn't matter what we do, we could do every quiet time, every devotional, everything we do, we never get to that point. God said in His Word that He loved us while we were still His enemies. He loved us while we wanted nothing to do with Him. You know, I would challenge you sometime, if you have time, read Romans chapter 3. It really shows us what man was like, what man is. Man wanted nothing to do with God. We have no desire for God in our own, except for the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the Holy Spirit has its own divine assembly line for believers. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 says this, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. Verse 10, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. You see, the Spirit is what reveals everything to us. We can do absolutely nothing. We cannot know the Word of God if the Spirit doesn't allow us to. We can't see the things. You know, sometimes we, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, people get in this, all this, you know, they think now, you know, because the charismatic movement has basically messed up what the Holy Spirit really is. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit that just throws people on the ground back and let them throw their legs up in the air and let them see everything they have. No, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't just, you don't speak in tongues. He doesn't want, he wants people to understand what's going on. The Spirit is a spirit of order. It's not a spirit of, let me just act up and do things that are going to bring this much attention to me. No, that's not the Spirit. That's another type of Spirit, not the Holy Spirit. You know, we have to be very careful because in today's culture, we see this movement so much that 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 people say, this is the Holy Spirit working in me. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wouldn't want you to do anything that didn't bring honor to God. But yet we sometimes have taken this approach and think, oh yes, when, you know, if people aren't speaking in tongues in the church or people aren't in the hall, in the aisles dancing and doing this thing, then the Spirit ain't in that church. That's, that church dead. The Spirit dead in that church. That's not what that means. Because the Holy Spirit works in us. The Holy Spirit develops this in us. The Holy Spirit is the assembly line. We get there. He's the divine assembly line. He works in us. Process by process by process. No one in this room could honestly say, I have it all together. I know everything about God I need to know. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to study God's Word. None of us could do it. So how does the Holy Spirit work in us? What does the Holy Spirit do to us, in us? The Holy Spirit works to change our mind, the way we think. Let me ask you a question. How many bad thoughts come in your mind on a daily basis? A lot, right? 
You ever be in church sometimes and a bad thought come to your mind? You ever been in church and all of a sudden you like go way out in left field and like, well, you know, that's a you know baseball term. But you go, your mind goes like way from whatever's going on in church. Yeah. You know, because we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us the way we think. Colossians 3.2 says this. Set your minds on things that are above, not things on earth. Let me ask a question. If we took that into practice, if we realized, you know what? I'm going to set my mind on things of above. How would that change our world? How would that change the church? Do you think the church would change? If we thought above, if we thought heavenly instead of earthly? Do you think anything would change? How would things change? Wow, y'all don't know how things would change if, we, if everyone said the things on above, not on earthly possessions? How would things change? Wow, nobody... If we thought heavenly, instead of earthly, if we set our mind on heavenly, of things of above, instead of earthly things, how would that change the world? Joey, what did you say, Joey? Everyone be more willing to give to others. We love world peace. Oh, that sounds like the political answer. World peace. You know, that's like the beauty, beauty pageant answer. What would you like to see in the world change? World peace. <laughs> I, I saw that on, um, I think I was saved by the Bella one of them. I think I, I watched that and I was like, that was the answer for everyone. Huh? What was it? Oh, Miss Congeniality, yes, that was the, yes, I watched that movie. Anyway, um, what are some other things? Um, pardon? We love less murders. We were, you know, less, less sin in the home, okay. We would have less poverty. We would have less, a lot of things, because all of us would be thinking heavenly, not earthly. When we think earthly, you know what it's about? Us in the mirror. And it's us. It's about us. Once I'm taken care of, I could care less about what you, what you got. I got 10 computers home. I got 10 cars. You know, I could, you ain't got nothing. I could care less about what you. I'm happy. That's, that's not true, by the way. <laughs> Definitely not true. All right? But no, that's how we think. That's how earthly we think. And too many times we, as we think of ourselves, as we think that way, we, we just fill our minds with the things of the world. Colossians 3.2 said we are to fill our minds with thoughts about God. Proverbs 23.7 says what we think about will shape all other areas of our lives. What that saying is, look, if we form our minds around God, that will shape every part of our lives, so that means we would pass it on to other people. Secondly, the Holy Spirit does this. He guards our eyes. Job 31, 1. I have made a covenant in my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? This is Job here. Guys and girls. Because I think sometimes we just think that guys are the ones who lust. Girls lust too. You know, don't you know, don't think that y'all don't lust. Oh, I like him, you know, he he's so cute. 
Look at that. Look at those abs on him, you know, like. You know, the list goes on. Guys, you know, some of you are probably dug into pornography. Some of you are probably watch things on TV that you shouldn't. You know, the thing is, y'all are laughing like it's a joke. That's not a joke. Because let me tell you something. Pornography is a serious sin. Because let me tell you something. When you, right now, you know, you're teenagers and you think, oh yeah, I'm I'm watching and having a good old time. I'm impressing my friends, you know. Let me tell you something. Those images will never come out of your head. Those images will always be in your head. It's hard to get them out. There's been many men, many marriages that have been damaged because of pornography. Because of men being hooked on pornography. It's a serious thing. And this is why we need the Holy Spirit to help us to guide our eyes. You know, what, what am I saying? Am I saying, well, you know, I shouldn't look at the opposite sex or, you know, I mean, I shouldn't, I'm married. You know, but the point is, is this. It's all right to look at someone and say, you know what? She's beautiful. But what happens? What happens when those thoughts are born in our minds? They take captive in our minds and they just grow. You know what? Yeah, she has a pretty smile. And then we say, hmm, boy, she's got a nice body. Hmm, wonder. And we go on and on and on. That's what happens. You see, that's why we need the Holy Spirit to help us guard our eyes. Because what we see, the things we watch on TV, does so much damage in our lives. And it starts off small, but then it grows big. You know, and, and I'm, you know, I know some of you are making a joke and think, you know, you watch pornography now and think, oh yes, I'm cool, you know, I watch pornography. You're not cool. Far from it. Because if you call yourself a believer, definitely is not pleasing God. Thirdly, we had to guard our ears. Proverbs 8, 32-34 says this, And now, O son, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. Let me ask a question. What are you listening to? What type of music are you listening to? What type of things are going in your mind? You know, for me, this right here, this is my life right here as a teenager. I listen to a lot of junk. And that junk is still in there. I can't, you know what, you know the old computer term, right? G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. You know, I can remember songs from in the 90s, what I used to listen to, and, it, and it, one person could just say one thing. They could say one word, and that song just comes back in my mind. And I used to listen to the same type of song that I used to listen to. But no, actually no, because that was a different era. But I listened to the same bad music you did. You know, I was born in the era of gangster rap. You know, when gangster rap was serious. And, you know, for me, 
I had to ask God to really take that away, take that desire from me. So today, I, I honestly, rap and reggae, that was my favorite music growing up. I really can't, and I, and I mean, this is going to sound bad, I'm like, oh, that's, I can't listen to Christian rap, I can't listen to Christian reggae. I don't really like enjoy it in a sense. You know, I like Lecrae and them, but I don't really enjoy it. It's not like I would say, on my own, I'm going to sit and listen to that in my car. I'm not. And the reason is because I think when I was younger, I told God, God, take the desire away from me to listen to rap and reggae. I don't want to listen to it. You know, and I just think, I don't know what it is. I just cannot stand to listen to it. I don't know what it is. I like Lecrae and their lyrics. I do. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Lecrae and them are bad. Just let me just put it that way. What I'm saying is that I've asked God to help me with that problem. I think God's taking that desire away from me to want to listen to that. Um, you know, it's funny that even sometimes in youth group, you know, and we have this joke sometimes, me and Drew, um, it's a song that sometimes we play. And it has a little, um, a little, what you would call it, sample, sample of a song in the early 90s or 90s. And you know, as soon as that beat comes on, I, I, don't listen, I don't know what that song is saying. I just hear that whole song back in the day. It's like, oh man, it's, it's pretty bad. So think about that. What are you listening to? Is it honoring to God? If God was listening to your iPod, because all of you should have an Apple product. Alright, all right, I knew I was going to get it, yeah. You should all have an iProduct. Anyway, but God be pleased with what's in your iPod right now, or whatever you use. What do you be pleased? If God was in the car with you, would you listen to what you listen to? Because the real reality is He is there. He's with you when you're at your computer watching those things. He's with you when you're listening to those things. He's there all the time. You can't hide from Him. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit controls our mouth. And Ephesians 4.29 says, says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. You know, one, one of the other translations said, Let no unwholesome talk. Don't let nothing that's going to bring people down, don't let it come out of your mouth. And Bahamians, we have a serious problem with this. It's our culture. It's our culture to make people look bad. It's our culture to just talk bad to each other. Am I right? I think Bahamians are some of the worst people, and I, I can say I'm a Bahamian, so I can say that. But we are the worst people to talk to. How people hear us talk to each other? Wow. Are you the punk boy? You like mine? You know? The list goes on, you know? Like, we, all these things, like, you know, like, you fell a trip on the ground. Ah, you only see a trip over there. Ah, you know, like, the list goes on. You know, I, I went into the mall today. I went into the mall today to get some, some cookies and stuff for next up. And if you weren't the next up, you missed the great American cookies we had. Ooh, they melted in your mouth, not in your hands. But anyway, I was coming out the mall on the sidewalk. And when I was walking, I like stumbled. I like, I tripped. I guess I stumbled. <laughs> you know, I'm there walking, I'm like, and I like, you know, the first thing I did, I looked around and make sure no one looking. I like, I played it off, right? But I just realized I know someone had to see me. And I, I noticed someone was laughing, but I didn't see no one laughing, thank the Lord. But, then, you know, the first thing we do is, the first thing we do in our culture is, 
Hey, Peter, fall. We can say, hey, Peter, you okay? No, buddy. You know? No, but you don't even help him? You know, but we are, we are such, we are so, it's so easy to let discouraging things, things that aren't pleasing to God come out of our mouth. But when we say encouraging things, that's very hard. You know, one thing I always like to think about is, think about anybody. When's the last time you encouraged somebody? Hard to think about. When's the last time you discouraged somebody? Today, you know? Fifthly, the Holy Spirit leads our hands. Ephesians 4.28 Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, do an honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. You see, we must recognize that it's saying, look, we must work for God. We must go out and work for a living. You know, a thief, a person who, you know, and one thing we have to understand about anyone who, who steals, you know, you think about it for a second. It starts off very small. And it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. You got to be careful. You know, the Lord tells us to go out and make a living. Same thing as you need to ask the Lord to help you with your hands and relationships. Things that you do. You know, we, we sometimes think that, you know, hands are a problem. We can lift up our hands on Sunday, but then we could have our hands somewhere where they shouldn't be on Monday. You see, we got to be very careful. All right? The Lord wants us, and the Holy Spirit wants us to let Him use our hand. He also directs our feet. And Psalms 1, 1 and 2, and this was the first quiet time you did, so I'm sure you all all did this, right? No. How many of y'all been doing your quiet time at least? Raise your hand. Not if every day at least, you know. How about that? All right. Blessed is the man who walks on the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. You see, we can't mix light and darkness. We can't mix the things of the Lord and the things of Satan, of this world. We got to walk in the way of light. And lastly, the Holy Spirit changes our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Keep your heart with all vigilance. Far from it flow the springs of life. You see, we must remember that the Holy Spirit is there to help us. He's there to guide us. You know, I want you to just think for a second. When's the last time that you prayed to God? And said, God, I want you to help me with my mouth. Lord, I want you to help me with my ears, what I listen to. Lord, I want you to help me with the things I watch. Lord, I want you to help me with my hands. Lord, I want you to help me with my feet. And what's the last one? Lord, I want you to help me in my heart. What's the last time you prayed that when you wake up in the morning? For some of you, you probably never prayed that. But I think it'd be a good prayer to start our day off with. But I think it'd be a prayer that would say, you know what, God? Today I want to honor you in all that I do. Use me, God. Help me. Direct me. So I would challenge you this week, as you go throughout school, Everybody loves school. But as you go throughout your day, 
on a daily basis. I want you to try that. I want you to try to pray to God and say, God, I want you to guard my heart. I want you to guard all these things. I want my life to be pleasing to you. See if it helps. Because I think that it will help. Because you're asking God to help you. You're asking Him to help you with these problems. And let me tell you something. I'm here tonight to tell you if you struggle with any of those, pornography or anything else, it doesn't mean that God is saying, I don't want nothing to do with you. But He's a gracious God. He's a God that says, you know what? Whatever you have done, I want you to be, I want you to be uh, with me. My grace is sufficient for you. There's nothing that you could do to say, separate you from the love of God. So I challenge you tonight, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, talk to one of these, talk to me. Because we would like to show you from Scripture exactly how God's grace is sufficient for you. No matter what you've done in life, no matter how you may have messed up, God still wants something to do with you. And He wants to use you. Father, we thank you for denying me. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And I pray that you continue to be on in all that we do. And Father, I just thank you for this group who are here tonight. And I pray that you continue to be on in in all our, that we do, Father, I pray that we go to small groups that, Father, you'll be on in our discussion. I pray that also as after small groups as we play games that you keep everyone safe in Jesus' name. Amen.